0: There are dangers lurking in the woods that are ever-present that humans seem to have forgotten about. Welcome back to The Swamp, my friends. It's good to see you made it back for another episode. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true deep wood stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share, be sure to send them in at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going. Joining me today is my good friend, Demon Creep, who helped me read story number two today. If you enjoy his voice, please be sure to check out his channel and give him a subscribe. You can find the link to do so in the top of the description. Now, let's get into these creepy and allegedly true deep woods horror stories. When my fiancé was young and stupid, as he says, he had a few things happen to him. This is not my story, but it is his and I will tell it from his viewpoint. When I was 21 years old, I decided to go out with a bunch of my friends into the woods. We would hang out after dark. Now, we all had booze and we all had flashlights, and two of us had guns, and I had a knife on me. The walk was long through the woods to get to a cliff that had a beautiful view to see the sunset. And we were just going to drink and get high. Nothing too major, just some weed. We got to the spot with no real problems, and at the top of this cliff, there was a huge rock that you could stand behind and nobody could see you. So, we sat on the cliff with our back to the rock and the forest behind the rock. One of my buddies, let us call him Jeff, got up and said that he had to take a pee break. We told him to be careful, as it was getting dark and there are cougars and bears in the woods so I told him to hurry up and be as quick as possible. If anything happens, just holler so we can go help him. So he goes behind the rock, and we could hear him start to do his business. We are all just sitting there smoking and drinking when suddenly we heard this loud, almost ear-piercing shriek. We all thought it was a mountain lion, so we all went to go check on Jeff. He's standing there with his pants down around his ankles with this bewildered look on his face. He looks white as a ghost. It's almost like he might've even seen one. We are looking around and we notice that there's this huge gaping hole in the forest towards where we could hear something running away. This hole was easily seven or eight feet tall and about three or four people across. It was huge and there was no way a bear or a cougar could have made such a hole like that. And the sounds of this thing running away, it almost sounded like Bigfoot or something. In my area where I lived, We had tales of the Mogollon Monster, which is basically a Bigfoot in a sense, and this creature is 7 or 8 feet tall and excessively big, and no one has ever gotten a good look or picture of it. We don't know what happened that night as Jeff refuses to talk about it, and we don't know what he saw, but some of us tried to chase after it, gunning it, but it was much quicker than us and got away. Because we don't know what happened, or what it was, or what Jeff saw, we can only assume that there was something else out there with us that night that scared the bejesus out of this man.
1: I'm what you'd call an avid hiker. Nature is my second home. And with little to do in the small town I'm from, the best way to have fun is to escape to the nearby Sierra Nevada mountains. I often visit Sequoia National Park and Yosemite, as they're not too far away from where I live. But this story takes place in Three Rivers, California, back in May of 2020. I and my husband were eager to get out of the house to get us some fresh air, as the virus had us going stir-crazy my mom recommended a loop trail that had many pretty features. Twin lakes, wild horses, and plenty of trees. As we walked the main path, my mom's descriptions of where to go started to make less sense as there were many smaller trails that seemed to lead to the rivers nearby. In fear of getting lost, we stuck to the biggest path as we could see that best through Google Maps. Later we found out that we went in the opposite direction of the loop which explained why we were so lost and encountered so many horses so soon. We also found out that the road we walked on was a service road but still looped back to the beginning of the trail. Let's just say we didn't make it far enough on that path to figure that out on our own. After encountering the many landmarks my mom said we encounter towards the end of the hike, We continued on the dirt path hoping to get home soon to enjoy our next meal. I believe it lightly sprinkled on us as we made our way back and the atmosphere was full of laughs and giggles, and a few hits off of our stizzy. That is until we heard a gut-wrenching sound. We stopped dead in our tracks, too scared to move but also in disbelief of what had just happened. To the left of us was the side of a mountain, formed a curved nook, almost as if God himself punched the side of the mountain. Within the nook were darkness and trees, though the kind of darkness that's too hard to describe accurately. If I didn't know better, I'd think that it could have led to a cave. The bone-chilling sound that made us stop and glanced over to see the terrified expression on our faces was comparable to an animal giving us a loud warning to stay back. Even the birds in nearby trees didn't want to take a chance, as after the first warning, birds scattered in every direction. It wasn't a growl, a snarl, or a neigh. It was a strong vibration from one's throat, with the mouth closed, unlike any animal I've ever heard. Still to this day, we have no clue what it was, as no animal noise we researched was spot-on to what we heard. Still frozen in our tracks and eyes locked on one another, we stood too afraid to move, too afraid to speak. Then we heard another blood-curdling moan, this time louder than the first, with even more birds flying everywhere. It told us this was the last warning we'd get. Not taking any chances we ran the way back we came for a good half mile. Too scared to look back to see if it left its shadowy haven. I cannot begin to explain how terrified I was. My spine tingled with the feeling of something with its eyes locked on you, but the unknowing of what it was, the idea that it didn't have to warn us the way it did, or as many times as it did, sickened me. It could have done whatever it wanted to us. So many things raced through my mind as I ran back. We saw some people coming towards us and tried to warn them about what we had just experienced. Unfazed and probably too proud, they continued on the path, but later we saw them return the same way we did. To this day, we never go towards the service road and have never experienced anything similar. Our best guess was a mountain lion, but... No recording satisfied our appetite for the truth. If you're in the Three Rivers area, don't use the service road to loop back on Skyline Drive and thank you to whatever it was that let us go.
0: So this is something that has been going on for a while now. Over the span of a few years or so, I keep seeing these twinkling lights in the woods at night. They blink on and then twinkle past the window drifting like a feather. This started back around the summer of 2015. Back then, I used to be a lifeguard, so I would go and stay at my grandmother's house for the summer. My grandmother lives in a wooded area. For some context, the room I stay in has one window facing the side of the house, which has no trees and the other window faces the woods in the tree line. The first time I saw the lights was when I was lying in bed. I thought that they were fireflies at first, except they are light blue and teal in color. They kind of just drifted lazily by the outside windowsill. I did not feel threatened or afraid. They did not really give off any sort of presence. Not at first, because that summer I did not really pay much mind, and I was still under the impression that they were just fireflies. Anyways... 2015 comes and goes, and then I am back for the summer of 2016. I started noticing them again, again chalking it up to fireflies, but then I started to notice that they were always drifting around in the same exact spots, which I am no expert is odd behavior for fireflies. I have always believed in the paranormal, but I am not one to just blindly believe I was still not convinced that these lights were part of the paranormal world, but June became July and I realized something, and that thing was that I knew that the lights could not be fireflies because I have seen them with odd colors. They also looked like Christmas tree lights or twinkling stars. I also came to the realization that it could not possibly be fireflies because I only started seeing them during the summer in 2015, and I know that fireflies have been around longer than that. Well, August of 2016 rolls around and I start seeing them inside of the house too, mostly dancing around the pictures on the walls, usually along the frames, or near the mirror and the lighting fixture. These seem to be their three favorite spots. This further reaffirmed to me that the fireflies are out of the equation. This kind of thing continued through 2017, and I have since acquired more proof that it cannot be fireflies or any sort of bug because it happened in the late autumn months of that year too. Despite them now being inside, I still do not think that they are evil or frightening. I mean, three years have gone by and they have not yet done anything. That being said, they are not good per se either. They just kind of exist. I just have no clue what they could be. I have shared this story with others and tried to send this into other sites, but I've never gotten a response. The few responses I've gotten on websites and such are things like Will-O-Wisp, a theory that I am fond of. Another one I see a lot is aliens. But I'm doing my own research, and I'm trying to find a better answer. I'm hoping, with sending this in to the Swamp Dweller show, that somebody in the comments will be able to give me some sort of better closure on this. My experience most closely aligns with the experiences of those who have claimed to seen angels. The reason I am sharing this again is that something happened that stood out to me and reminded me of it. I went to visit my grandmother just this year for the holidays and saw them again, but this time was a little different because this time after seeing them, I saw something else. I drifted off to sleep as usual, but woke up in the middle of the night to the light of the same teal color that would flash every few seconds. At first, I thought it could have been a police car but the flashing was very clearly coming from the woods, not by any of the roads. At the time, my brother was on the bottom bunk, but he was sleeping tight. I am not sure if this is related to the original teal twinkles or if it is something else entirely, but it was still interesting. I guess this might not be the creepiest tale, but I still think it's fun to share supernatural stories. Thanks for giving me a chance to have my story heard. These events happened four years ago, but it was not until recently that I have realized they were more unsettling than I originally thought at the time. In the summer of 2017, I did a lot of backpacking along the West Coast. Backpacking is one of my favorite things to do, and nothing makes me feel more like myself than being out in the wilderness. I have never had an unexplainable, scary experience in all of my years backpacking. All scary experiences have been the usual, bear encounters, snow covered mountain passes, wildfires, icy cliffs, and the occasional weirdo who gives off uneasy vibes. I thought my experiences in 2017 were similarly explainable, but now I am at a loss as to what it might have been. I was camping alone in the middle of the woods in Northern California one night, when out of nowhere, the sky lit up with a flash of light. It was so bright that I could see it through my closed eyes. My eyes shot open and my heart was racing. I knew it was lightning, but camping in bad thunderstorms is never fun, and I waited for the loud crack of thunder to follow. As I waited, I realized how incredibly silent it was. This alone would not have unnerved me after all. I was in the middle of the wilderness, but there were no signs of impending storms. With lightning that bright, there should have at least been some wind picking up, and maybe even the start of rain, even if the storm was too far away to be heard yet. As I pondered over this lack of signs, I realized the sound of thunder never came. But suddenly, the sky lit up once again. There was a blinding blink of light. It almost seemed like someone was standing right outside the tent and taking a picture with their flash on. But I was completely alone. There was no one else camping near me, again. This was followed by no thunder and no wind or rain. It left me feeling very uneasy. But the long day of hiking eventually caught up with me and I fell asleep. This happened two more times that summer. Once, not long after the first incident, still in Northern California, and again much later in Oregon, all played out the same. Camping completely alone, dead quiet, no thunder, no wind or rain, and all incredibly bright flashes of light. There were also never any signs of a storm or rain whatsoever the next day when I woke up and hiked for miles all day. It just did not make any sense to me. Lightning that bright would have meant a storm was awfully close by. At the time, after it happened a third time, I rationalized it as being heat lightning. I had heard this term before, and seeing how it was the middle of summer, it seemed like a logical assumption. I did not research it and left it at that and did not think anything else of it until a couple of weeks ago. I went on a camping trip up here in Oregon and was reminded of these eerie experiences. I decided to look up heat lightning and was shocked to learn that it was a misnomer and not an actual weather event. It simply refers to lightning that is so far away, the accompanying thunder cannot be heard. It is characterized as being very faint flashes of light. The flashes I saw that summer were not faint by any means, and they were more brief like that of a camera flash than a distant lightning. So, if it was not regular lightning, and it wasn't distant lightning, and it wasn't another person as I was completely alone every time, then what the hell did I experience out in the middle of the woods multiple times that summer? Please forgive my writing as sometimes my wording and punctuation could be a bit better. I will start off by explaining the area so you can get a good picture of where this occurred. We lived in a small neighborhood, All the surrounding streets dead-end into a half-circle park. Behind the park are some woods and a railroad track. When we were younger, we all played in the front part of the woods. We didn't venture too far back. This was our play area for years. We never had an issue or a scare. This area was pretty, and it was a nice, well-lit wooded area. Anyhow, one day, my brother Jimmy, my best friend Sarah, and my brother's best friend Ian... We're all building a dam in the middle of the creek that ran through the park in the woods. The boys decided that they were going to head back to Ian's house for some snacks. Sarah and I said we would stay and finish our camp area. As we were moving rocks around, I get a very odd feeling coming over me, a strange feeling that we are being watched. I immediately think it is the boys trying to scare us and just continue with what we are doing. Sarah and I load up some big rocks and head back to the creek and put them down at the dam. I get that feeling again, and as I stand up, I see something straight in front of me about 30 feet away or so. I cannot really clearly make out what it is yet, because it is behind a bush, but I do see that it is a pattern of red or blue. I know that it's nothing the boys had on, so at this point I'm focusing trying to figure out what it is. As I am scanning up the bush, I start to realize it's a clown. I kid you not. My heart started pounding immediately, the clown and my eyes lock. He is wearing a blue and red hat with a reverse pattern and a red-blue jumpsuit. I grab Sarah by the shirt and immediately pull her upright and she notices the man right away. He is smiling with a full face of makeup and a huge knife. We both say nothing and start running as fast as our legs can take us and he begins to follow. We can hear twigs snapping and the ground crunching underneath our feet but we are booking it like bats out of hell. We run through the front of the woods and through the side of the park and up near the dead-end street. Ian and Jimmy are two houses up from the end and see us running and are screaming, what is going on? While running past, we scream clown and they start laughing. We are still running and screaming for our lives and finally make it to the middle of the street where Sarah's dad, Danny, is now running out of the front door because he hears us screaming. We meet Danny right there at the beginning of the neighbor's house, and we are trying to explain what we had just seen, and he says, Girls, stop it now. This is ridiculous. What are you even talking about? We try to catch our breath. By this time, Jimmy and Ian have caught up to us. We are crying and pointing and telling Danny again that we see a clown in a knife. Jimmy and Ian are laughing, and Danny is asking if they played a prank on us about this time an old yellow pinto type of car comes out from the dead end of the park and pulls right up next to the sidewalk of the yard we are in sure enough plain as day it is the damn clown no hat this time but knife in hand and telling us to come here danny starts shoving us all toward the house and he himself is scared and running now the car drives off down the street we get inside and danny calls the police We had to give statements and the police patrolled the neighborhood in the park for a couple of weeks. We were never allowed to go to that park again and a few months after that, the city started to clear out the woods. They cut down many trees and made a walking area that you could see through all the way to the train tracks. My friend and I used to talk about this many times until her death. No one would have believed us if they had not seen it as well. It was just so scary. I think they only got to see him because whoever it was had to go down that dead-end street to leave the neighborhood. Either way, this man was not afraid of us nor the small group of people that gathered from our screaming. He very bravely stopped right in front of us as her father tried to comfort us and calm us down, all while flashing his knife. We are lucky to be alive, I feel. Had it just been one of us left in the woods, which sometimes occurred, I do not think there would have been a group of four of us any longer." Sarah's dad stopped drinking that day. We all have a fear of clowns. To preface this story, I am a bit of a skeptic when it comes to the paranormal. I am open-minded, but I always look for a rational explanation for odd things. My husband and I live on a farm of about 100 acres and raise cattle. It is a family farm. My dad grew up here and my grandpa lived and worked this land until the day he died. I am familiar with every inch and have never felt scared walking the farm or the surrounding land. A few months ago, one of our cattle disappeared. She had a calf, and if you are unfamiliar with cattle... It is strange for a cow to leave her calf, depending on the cow, of course. Our farm is in the Appalachian foothills in Kentucky, so there are quite a few haulers around. We figured that the cow probably wandered down into the hauler and died in the brush somewhere, or got into a neighbor's field. My husband looked and looked, but never found her. Never found a body, never found any evidence of that cow. The day she went missing... There were some strange spots in the grass of the field where it was all laid down as if something had smashed it and oddly enough, two vehicles ran out of gas right near those weird spots. I thought it was just a weird spooky coincidence. Today, my favorite cow went missing. My husband, sister, and I spent approximately five hours searching for this cow. We combed every inch of fields. We searched the haulers. We checked the neighbors' fields. No sign of her. She also had a calf, and was notoriously known to be a good mama, and the calf is still here. I figured she got out into a neighboring cornfield, or perhaps someone stole her, which would have been weird because she was an older cow and was the only one missing, until I experienced the strangest thing that makes me think that maybe it is supernatural. My sister and I were out hunting. We were looking for the missing cows, and we were also looking for dinner. It was around 6.30 to 7.00 p.m. In between two of our fields, there is a piece of land that we do not own that juts in between two of the fields we do own. It is mostly a wooded area and is bordered with a barbed wire fence. I knew our cows sometimes crossed over, so I wanted to search in there. I've also seen some pretty big bucks in there before, so maybe we'd be getting ourselves some good deer meat. My sister and I, both in our late 20s, and growing up in woods all around, we always hunted, climbed waterfalls, dodged snakes, pulled ticks off ourselves. Nothing really scared us, and nothing really scares us now. I crossed over the barred wire to go look for the cow, and my sister stopped, which is weird. She is my younger sister, and always follows me no matter where we go. I was teasing her, calling her a chicken, and telling her I had been there before and that I would not take her anywhere dangerous, and she knows that. She kept stalling, and I finally got short with her and yelled at her to come on. She crossed the barbed wire, but kept stopping. Finally, she caught up to me. But as I walked further into the woods, I just got a bad feeling. The only way I can describe it is... It's just ominous and dark. My sister also kept saying that she could not hear me, even though I was talking loudly and was only like two feet away from her. I couldn't have been any further than that. I finally stopped, turned around and we booked it out of there. Once we crossed back over the barbed wire, that feeling went away. My sister went home for a couple of hours because she was so unusually tired. I texted her and asked her if she thought the woods felt off. She says that she was terrified the entire time. I will quote what she said below. It was like we were going down a path, a dark path to nowhere. I like to explore, but it did not feel right. It gives me chills and almost makes me want to cry just thinking about it so I just told myself I was psyching myself out. It was right when we passed the fence, like we were somewhere we should not have been. I was scared. I trust you and everything, of course, but the feeling I got standing and looking into the woods was just telling me not to go, not to cross the fence. The farther we went, the worse it got, like a shadow or something screaming at me, telling me to go back. Afterward, I got a heavy feeling making me so tired and sad. This all happened... And one evening, we never found the cow or any sign of her, and we never found any good deer to bag. I also have this horrible, lingering feeling from being in those woods. I feel dread when I think about it. I'm exhausted and I'm jumpy. I wanted to recount this story somewhere so I would not forget the details and see if anyone has had any similar experiences or thoughts on what might be happening, supernatural or otherwise. I can tell you, I have never felt anything like that in my entire life, and my sister, is never scared, which scared me even more. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true deep woods horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, whether it's from the woods or somewhere else out in nature, be sure to send it in at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as the more likes this video gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm. If you're listening to this on iTunes or another podcast platform, please give this a five-star rating as that helps me out a ton over there. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us, hit the subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new video as I upload them almost every single day and all things natural, and supernatural. I'd love to know what story tonight was your favorite. If you could help me out and comment down below telling me which story was your favorite, I'd very much appreciate that. Also, much love and appreciation to my friend Demon Creep, who helped read story number two today. If you enjoyed his voice and storytelling, be sure to check out the link in the top of the description and subscribe to his channel. He has all kinds of cool videos over there that I'm sure you guys would love to hear. If you're on the go and don't have YouTube Premium, but still want to listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them and listen to them wherever for absolutely free from iTunes, Spotify, Audible, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcasts online. If you guys would like to support the channel outside of hitting that like button, subscribing, and giving us a 5 star rating on iTunes, maybe check out our merch store. We have t-shirts, hoodies, face mask, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool swamp threads. Thank you guys, as always, for supporting the swamp the way you do. As one last reminder, if you have a scary story from the woods, the mountains, or just the outdoors in general, or maybe if you have an experience with the paranormal and you want to share it on the show, be sure to send it in at swampdweller.net. My website is easy to use and straight to the point. It's a lot easier than sending an email and it's a lot easier than posting on a subreddit. Again, that's swampdweller.net. Thank you guys. I'll see you guys soon with another creepy video.